0: Well, you got third you got three minutes.
1: You <clears throat> got three minutes to get him on.
2: Can, uh... yeah. 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 I a little lighting on my camera.
1: I was looking the so I was like, I it. there. Nice.
2: So... Oh! Yes.
1: Do now. I want you to watch me because if I ever have can't do this. Good morning, Tabernacle Praise Family. We are so glad that we have this opportunity one more time to come live via virtue. God is so good. He has <laughs> blessed us, He has kept us, and He continues to move in mighty ways. And we're so happy to be here with you. Oh, oh there we go. Beautiful. We are so glad that we had- and we're asking you, Lord. We're asking that the Lord will continue to bless us as we go forward. And we just want to take a moment right now as we delve into a little time of prayer. And so we just want to ask God's blessings to fall fresh upon us as we look forward to the spoken word, as we look forward to the worship hour, and as we look forward to God's continual blessings to flow upon us. And so with that being said, let us pray. Father God, Lord, we just want to take a moment right now just to thank you for your love, for your mercy, for your enduring power that has helped us, Lord. Lord, we thank you for this moment, this opportunity, Lord, to become servants, become witnesses for thee. And we ask, Lord, that as we're going through this moment of of pandemic, Lord, that you would continue to move, that you would continue to protect, Lord, that you would continue to heal. But we know that there are those amongst us, Lord, who have been touched with the infirmities of this virus. So, Lord, we want to send up a special prayer, Lord, for Sister Betty and her family, Lord. We ask, Father God, that you would touch and heal, Lord. Lord, we're not sure if she has been touched, but we know her daughter has. And so, Lord, we ask that you would move and mightily, Lord, and touch and heal. We're asking, Father God, Lord, that you would continue to Move in the tabernacle of praise, family, Lord, as we come together to surround and pray for her. Lord, we ask God that as we we endeavor, Lord, to do your will, to truly be those witnesses that you have called us to be. Lord, we will find ourselves studying and focusing, Lord, all of our energies upon you. We're asking, Lord, that we will find ourselves in perfect peace, for we have kept our eyes stayed upon you. We ask special prayer, Lord, for Sister French, uh, Amanda French's family, Lord, over the loss of their loved one. We're asking, Father God, that you will continue to move and comfort, Lord. You are that comforter. And so, Father God, we ask that you would just mightily move in the families, Lord, who have lost loved ones over this period of time. We're asking, Father God, also, Lord, that you would be with your speaker, Lord, Elder Paul Harris. Touch him mightily, Lord. Let the words that flow from his lips, Lord, be spoken by you. Let, Lord, who we see be the, the heavenly host, or, or or you yourself, Father God. We're asking, God, that you would just give a word, Lord, that will bring comfort to us, Lord. Be asked, Father, that as we continue to move, Lord, even in this moment, Lord, without a, a, a shepherd, Lord, that you will continue to bless Lord, our, our proceedings, Lord, that we move mightily according to your word. And we thank you, Lord, for all those who have stepped in in the meantime. And we ask, Father God, that someone out here on this virtual set, Lord, will be touched. That someone will make a decision, Lord, to go all the way with you. Lord, we thank you for loving us. And we just ask, Father, that you will continue to be with us, continue to strengthen us. And we thank you in the precious name of
3: Jesus. Amen. Good morning, church family. This is Elder Carroll here with the Stewardship Nugget just reminding you of the use of your time, talent, temple, and treasure for the service of God and to spread the gospel message. Uh, You probably remember a couple weeks ago, I spoke about uh, body, temple, keeping your temple clean. And what did I tell you? I said, you ain't killing me, put on your mask. I also mentioned to clean your hands, keep washing your hands, stay socially distant, uh, make sure that you disinfect your area once in a while and Just stay safe. This time, I wanna just chat with you for a quick moment about using your talents during this time of the pandemic. Still being safe while using your talents. If you are a departmental ministry leader, you should find ways that you can still keep your department active while staying socially distant, while uh, staying in tune with the, the demands of this virus, staying safe. So find ways to reach out to your members, Find ways to reach out to the community. Find ways to keep your department involved in doing God's work. Another thing, using your talents, if you're good at organizing, work with other ministries. Work with other departments. Help organize these things uh, in a proper manner so that they can be safely done. If you have a talent of writing, have you ever thought of writing letters, uh, email letters, or through the post office to family, friends, church members who you no longer see in person, that's a good way to spread God's word. Maybe also if you have a talent of prayer, nothing like a video prayer session to encourage people and give people hope that life will turn around and that things will get better. And above all, remembering that God is still in control. If you have a talent for technology, work with our media team. They're struggling, they're working hard, they're putting all their effort into making sure that the meetings are up Wednesday night, the meetings are up Friday nights and on Sabbath and Sabbath afternoon, they'd be happy to have you assist them. Again, staying safe while doing it. If you have a talent of teaching, you're free to teach a class on the Zoom. Use our Facebook page, use our Roku channel, talk to the media team about that. Or even if you wanna mail out some study guides to people, there are still ways, even though we wanna stay safe above all things, that we can use our talents to spread God's gospel message. Continue to be faithful. We appreciate everyone's faithfulness in tithing and offering also. I know it's easy for people to say, well, we're not at church. We don't have to give. But the church still needs resources to keep functioning. So if you uh, would like, you can return a faithful tithing offering through our cash app. That's dollar giving. And you can also go to adventistgiving.com.org and look up Tabernacle of Praise Spanish Lake. And if you would like, you can also mail it in to Sister Teresa Harris. But let us continue to be faithful, folks, as faithful stewards and servants of God. Be faithful in our time, talent, temple, and treasure while still being safe. Thank you. Have a blessed Sabbath.
1: As we continue, we just want to thank you for such a powerful uh, leadership into stewardship, we want to remember that God is blessing us, and he's given us these talents, and as we prepare to listen to our, our soul sister, Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson, we ask that you would prepare yourself for what comes following that. We are going to be blessed with the love and, and, and direction of Elder Paul Harris as he leads out, and so hear ye him after the next voice of Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson.
2: Oh, how he loves you and me.
0: his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but shall have everlasting life. Thank you, Beverly. That was such a powerful message in song, Oh, How He Loves You and Me. Saints, it's just a blessing to be here with you today to be able to have the opportunity to share God's word. If you have your Bibles, turn to St. John chapter 5, and we're going to pick it up at verse number five and it says a certain man there which had an infirmity of 38 years when he saw jesus when jesus saw him and knew that he had been there a long time in that case jesus said unto him Wilt thou be made whole the impotent man answered and said sir I have no man, when the water is troubled, someone steps in before me. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately, somebody say immediately, immediately the man was whole and took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. We've entitled our message today A man, a mat, and a miracle. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, for the opportunity to be co-laborers with you, Lord. This is your time. These are your people, Lord. We pray that you will speak life into this message, Lord. For you said if you be lifted up from the earth, you would draw all men unto yourself. So, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you will hide me behind the cross, be the unseen teacher and preacher of your holy word, Lord. And we will be careful to give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus name. Amen. If you're going to make the best out of a bad situation, you have to first properly evaluate your present condition. I'm going to ask you the question, how long have you been sitting by your pool? What has it cost you? Today, I want to tell you that don't spend time sitting and chasing after dead stuff. You see, this story is a portrait of a human condition. It shows the uselessness of trusting in our own solutions. The day was the Sabbath. In fact, it was a high Sabbath at Jerusalem. Uh, behind the temple was a sheep market. Well, you first may ask the question, "What is the sheep market doing behind the temple? Well, Jesus, who instituted the sacrificial system, he used it in order to illustrate the whole plan of salvation. You see, the, the sinner would take a lamb, it had to be a spotless lamb because that lamb would represent Jesus himself who would die for us. He would take it to the priest And then he would symbolically lean on to that lamb and confess his sins. And then he would take the knife and he would cut the throat of that lamb and the blood would be drawn into a vase and he would look that lamb into the eyes It would make an indelible impression as you saw the lifeblood draw out of that lamb, knowing that because of your sin, something innocent had to die. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there could be no remission for sin. And so by the time Jesus came onto the scene, these Jewish entrepreneurs and priests had made a, a, a enterprise out of this sacrificial system, turning it inside out, making a, mockery out of it. It was an abomination. And so when Jesus saw this, he said, you, this should be my, the house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. And Jesus turned over the tables and drove the money changers out of the, out of God's house, out of the temple. And so as a reference point, this pool was beside the sheep gate, which led to the sheep market. You know, it's a terrible thing when the church gets more excited and interested in making money than saving souls. And so Jesus, as he came into Jerusalem, he came back beside this pool. This pool in the Hebrew tongue was called Bethesda, which meant house of mercy. It could have been identified as the house of horrors because it was a terrible situation. You had multitudes of people converging upon this pool. You see, it was widely or commonly understood a thought or believed that this pool had some type of magical power. See, in certain seasons, there was a stirring of the water. And they believed that an angel or some kind of supernatural power came in and touched the water and whoever could get into the water by hook or crook into the water first would be magically healed. And so it was like an urban legend, if you will. And so, but this pool was not a pristine, beautiful uh, chlorinated pool of water. I remember going down to Florida. We were in Clearwater, Florida. And the water you could see down through the bottom. It was just a beautiful scene, the white sand, but this was not that. This was some stagnant uh, cesspool of floating scum and algae. It was just a horrible sight, the stench of that rotted water and the stench of disease in the air, let alone the death of that slaughterhouse that was in the back of the temple. All of that culminating was a terrible atmosphere, and these people who had dehumanized themselves, you can only imagine by the time that the water started to move, the screaming, the cursing, the fighting, the clawing, as people stampeded over weak people. Uh, The weakest people would get uh, stampeded, and people would die at the edge of the water trying to get in. What type of situation was that? When did Jesus ever heal like that? But these people were at the end of their rope. They had gone to all the specialists to no avail. There was no healing. And so they was grasping onto straws, you know, as we are dealing with the pandemic, COVID-19, some prominent person made the suggestion that maybe chloride or some type of, of medicinal cleaning could, could, if you ingested it in some type of way that it could cure the corona virus. People would try anything. There's some people that actually tried it and 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 died as a result. And so these people were definitely trying, grasping at straws. And so there was a certain man the Bible describes, he didn't even have a name. It just said a certain man. He had no friends, no family. Everybody had abandoned him. You know, when you get sick, if you're sick for a week, maybe two weeks, people will call you, they'll pray, they'll come and visit, but if you have a prolonged sickness, Lord have mercy, people will stop calling, they forget about you, they even may even stop praying. But this brother was in that situation. He had been there in that condition for 38 years. Can you imagine being in that type of situation? But here, this man who was known by his condition—you know—they uh, said in the Bible, "Who was that? Who was that lady over there?" Oh, well, that was the lady with the issue of blood. Who was that? Who was that boy? Well, that was the boy that was born blind. Uh, who are those people? Oh, those are the, the lepers. Oh, uh, uh, who was that lady? Oh, you heard about her? That was the lady that was caught in adultery. They caught her. You know, it's a terrible thing to be known just simply by your condition. But this man had been sitting by this pool for so long that he even created other issues that he didn't even have when he first started there. I'm sure by sitting there, he had bed sores. He couldn't move. So I know he probably had cardiovascular problems. He had been sitting there so long, I know he couldn't get his proper eight, glasses of water a day so he probably had UTIs and I know that he had all types of mental problems. He was stressed out, he was clinically depressed from just going day after day with no results. That man was on life support. He was in a serious situation for 38 years. Here this man has been coming to the school for 38 years even though he is in the the house of healing the house of mercy where healing is supposed to be going on in 38 years the man was still in the same condition as when he got there it's a terrible thing to be struggling with the same thing year in and year out and I have to ask the question how is it that most of us can come to the house of God, be hanging around the church for year after year and still be struggling over some of the same things, still struggling on how to return to faithful tithe and offerings, still struggling with anger, still struggling with selfishness, still struggling with lust, still stru- struggling with pride. All of these things are still plaguing us. You see this pool was supposed to be a place of healing, but no one was getting healed until Jesus came onto the scene, hallelujah. Nobody was getting healed until Jesus showed up. Here comes Jesus and Jesus as he uh, navigates through the people and he sees the most wretched case. He sees this man and he knows all about it. He knows the struggle. He knows the prolonged agony that this man had been in. Somebody might be asking the question, Well, why did he wait so long? Why does God let you struggle in your in your condition? Sometimes if God pulls us out too early. Somehow we may think that somehow it was because of something we did. It may have been some plans and some navigation, some deals and things that we set up. But God sometimes has to wait until all of your resources run out. All of your favors are gone and you don't have anything but God. And so here this man is sitting here and Jesus knows all about it. And Jesus is about to ask this man a life-changing question. He asked him, will thou be made whole?" Now, I know some of you may be thinking, why would Jesus ask uh, that question? The question seems so obvious. Will thou be made whole? I mean, after all, the man had been sitting there for 38 years in the place where he thought healing would take place. He's there, he hasn't walked. Of course, the man wants to be healed. But Jesus did not ask the man if he wanted to be made healed. If he wanted to be healed, he asked him, would you be made whole? There's a difference. You see, Jesus is asking, is telling, asking us the same question. He said, now, I know you've been a member for a long time. I know you've been doing a lot of good and wonderful works. But I'm asking the question today, do you really want to be healed today? Is it your desire to really want to be healed or are you comfortable in just being in a lukewarm situation? Do you want to be healed or are you comfortable with just having a form of godliness but exercising no spiritual power? Are you? Do you want to be healed today? Are, are you satisfied with just being stagnant? Do you want to be healed today? Or are you satisfied with being impotent, not being able to, to bear any spiritual fruit? You see, we have a lot of people. They want to be healed, but they don't want to be holy. That's the problem today. They want to be uh, uh, healed from their disease, but they don't want to be delivered from their lifestyle. Jesus said, man, I know you want to walk. I know you want to use your legs, but will you use those? those feet to walk in the pathway of righteousness for my name's sake. You see, God is not interested in your happiness. He's interested in your holiness. And so the question God is asking us today, will thou be made whole? Do you really want a change or do you want to stay uh, 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 just in a form of godliness? You see, you can put, you can take a pig and dress him up, You can put the nicest clothes on him, you can put the best perfume or cologne on him, put him in the most expensive mansion that you can imagine. But as soon as you let that pig loose, he's gonna run back to the pig pen and waddle in the mud. You see, you can change the outside. But nothing changes until something changes on the inside, until your will changes to do God's will. Said, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Like David said, create in me a clean heart and renew the right spirit, oh God, within me. This sick man was laying on this mat, and occasionally he would look up, just looking at the pool. Yes, it's still there. Day after day, he would look at that pool, maybe today was today, the but then the clouds of discouragement would come on. He would be reminded of how many times he was, he had tried, how many times he had failed. Satan will always try to discourage you and make you depressed thinking about your past. The Bible says, forgetting about those things in the past, but we're, we're reaching towards the mark of the high calling. You see the danger, the seductiveness, of the false solution. You know, the false solution fools us time after time. You know that State Forum commercial where you had the old man with the waiters on, he has the fishing pole and he's dangling a, a dollar over somebody over this girl and she goes to grab it. And just as she grabs it, he said, ooh, you almost had it. You gotta be quicker. And then he'll put it down again and she'll go to grab hold. You gotta be quicker. That's how the devil does us. He dangles these little trinkets in front of us. And we run after it day after day saying, oh, if I could just get a better car, we see the, 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 the stirring of the water. Oh, if I could just reach that, that, get a better job. Oh, if I can get that beautiful home. Uh, single people are saying, oh, if I could just get married. Married people are saying, if I could just get rid of them. We're always searching for something else, something that we don't have, looking for the proverbial uh, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You see, he was, this man was so focused on the pool that he didn't even recognize the voice of Jesus. You see, there are... Jesus asked the question, would you be made whole? You know, the, the, the way that the man answered the question, instead of him answering the question, in the affirmative, he started making excuses. He started trying to see who he could blame. He said, well, I have no man to take me to the pool. Every time I try and get there, somebody steps in before me. Jesus is trying to get to the heart of the issue, and he's trying to divert it, trying to blame somebody else. But Jesus is saying the issue is you. The issue is you. We need to stop making excuses why we can't obey God. You see, this man had lost sight of his original goal. His original goal was to walk. He's talking to the one who spake and the world came into existence. The man didn't even recognize the power, the omnipotence that he was talking to. Jesus could have said, well, I I can teach you some, give you some techniques on how to strengthen your legs. I can give you some techniques on how to jump in the pool before anybody else. He could have just said, man, you're crazy. I'm going to somebody else. But Jesus hung in there. With the man, now this is the this is the power right here. Romans twelve three says God has given to every man a measure of faith. God has given to every man a measure of faith. Philippians two thirteen says, "For it is God who is it. It is God that worketh in you, both to will." and to do of his good pleasure. Oh, hallelujah. It's God that gives you the desire to want to do his will. It is God that not only gives you the desire, but he enables you to complete the command that he gives you, God gives us both the will and the ability to do it. God's biddings are enablings. God never requires or asked us or commands us to do anything that he doesn't give us the power to do. How can we be lost folks? The only thing we have to do is submit to the power of God. God is able. And so God commanded, he stopped talking. He stopped asking questions to this man. He simply gave a command. He said, rise, take up your bed and walk. And that that germ of faith that God gives to every man kicked in. That drum of faith kicked in. And at that moment, that man decided in his mind, he put his will to serve and obey God. And at that instant, every nerve, every muscle in his body sprang to life. That man was jumping and shouting. He was so excited running around and beholding that bed. And here he came to the Pharisees and, a, and the priest came up to him and said, man, stop all that jumping. Stop all that hopping. It doesn't take all that. Why don't you know this is the Sabbath? Why are you carrying that nasty bed around here? Who told you to carry that bed? He said, Well, the one who healed me, the one <laughs> you ignored me all this time, the one that healed me told me to pick up this bed. Well, what was his name? I don't know his name. I don't even know where he came from. I don't know where he went, but one thing I do know. Once I was I was bound, once I was lame, but now I see for 35, 38 years I, you walked past me. For 38 years I sat there watching you all go in church. For 38 years I sat there depressed, but this man has set me free. And later on, Jesus came to that man and met him in the temple. And he said, now that I have healed you, go and sin no more. Don't go back to the same, place that you went to because you're going to end up in a worse condition. Now walk in newness of life. Walk in the power of God that will enable you to keep going. You see, the, then he went back. He went back to the priest and said, I have met the man. You see, he has met the man. He said, well, who is it? He said, well, his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Everlasting Godfather, the Prince of Peace. You know, he is the Rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's coming back, a Lord of Lords and King of Kings. But you know him as Jesus. And all they was upset. You know, they wanted to kill Jesus after that. But you know, you don't have to. He said, you don't know, like I know what the Lord has done for me. See, I was bound, but he set me free. So when he says, when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for me, my soul cries out. When you have your own testimony, nobody can tell you how God has done for you. You see, we have come to, the, we have to come to the realization in our lives that we have no more capability of living a holy life in our own strength as that paralytic did to walk in his own strength. But God says that he is able. (laughs) Somebody say hallelujah. You see that when we get to the point where we realize that we're helpless and hopeless and we can reach out like Paul said, oh, wretched man that I am. Who can deliver me from the body of this death? The answer is Christ the righteous. God says, I'm able to deliver you. I came to set the captives free. I'm able to deliver you out of bondage. I'm able to deliver you out of your trappings. Whatever's holding you back, I'm able to deliver you because you can never move forward while your condition is holding you back. But God says, I'm able to keep you from falling. God says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but a mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Christ. God is able to keep us. Do you wanna be kept today? Some of us are been in our situations for a long time. I don't know where you are today. But I know whatever situation, no longer how long you've been in that by that pool, no longer how crippled and decrepit and depressed you've been, God says you don't have to stay in the shape that you're in because he's able to pick you up and make you whole because he's still working miracles in your life, in my life, and wherever you are today, you hear the voice of God calling you. You tired of chasing pretty rainbows and spinning round and round? Give it all to Jesus. If you today you want to say yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. You say, Lord, I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I'll trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me with my whole heart, I'll agree, and the answer will be yes, Lord, yes. If that's you today, just Type in your message, boy, I'll say yes, Lord. I'll say yes. Heavenly Father, we're thankful today. We're thankful that you didn't leave us there. You didn't leave us by the pool. We're thankful, Lord, that you reached You reached down and you pulled us up, Lord. Lord, we are inspired today, Lord, knowing that we can't do it in our own strength, Lord. But we're thankful for the precious promises that we can do all things through you. Who will strengthen us lord help us not to be discouraged help us not to be laden down with the guilt of our past but what let us look unto the hills from which cometh our help knowing that our help comes from you lord so keep us don't let us go back to the old ways places lord but let us keep pressing towards the mark of the high calling lord and who's ever out there lord right now that may be on the edge, we pray that you will strengthen their faith, encourage them, Lord, draw them with strings of cords that cannot be broken, draw them back with an everlasting love, don't let them be fooled by the enemy, Lord Jesus, but give them a sober mind, Lord, to see you hanging on that cross, you died that we may have life and have it more abundantly, Lord, we thank you for hearing and answering our prayer, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, saints.
1: Hey, praise the Lord one more time. God is so good. We want to thank Elder Harris for such a powerful and wonderful message. We want to thank him for allowing the spirit of God to move and to lead. We want to access that, that spirit, that measure of faith. We want to be able to hold firm and be able to put, pick up our match and toss them to the side and be able to testify to the goodness of who God is. We want to thank you, Elder Harris. Praise the Lord for your service. Just be, by way of announcements before we close out, just want to make sure that everyone is aware of the funeral preparation for Sister French, uh, Ray Evelyn French. That, that's going to be at the Marin Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, the viewing will begin at 11, and the funeral will proceed thereafter. Anyone and everyone that's able to make it, we ask that you come and support LaVon and her family and we just wanna uh, praise God for his blessings. Also, we wanna remember um, our families here at the Tabernacle of Praise that are suffering with this virus, Sister Betty and her family. We ask that you will continue to pray for them. By way of announcement also, we wanna keep in mind that we do have our um, discipleship class this afternoon. That class will begin at 2.30 and um, you can get hold of that via our Facebook page or YouTube or um, there is a, a number that you can call in. I don't have that number right now. But that class will begin at 2.30. That will be done by uh, Elder Lee Curl. We're going to be looking at last day events chapter 13 last day events chapter 13 so we invite you to come and join us as we we look at that and we ask that you will just continue to pray for our conference pray for our leadership and as we close we just once again want to thank god for the blessing of his precious word let us pray now to him that is able to keep you from falling And to present you faultless before the presence of the glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever, let the church
2: say, amen. Amen.